Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's January 18th, 2021. Where has the year gone already? It is Martin Luther King birthday celebrated today, even though he was born on January 15th. Today is the official day in the range of days when it's celebrated. So happy MLK Day and all of the good things that that represents. I want to do a quick shout out. My guests are Judith Fine today, F-E-I-N and Ann Pratt, P-R-A-T-T, and with an E. And I want you to help me welcome our most loyal listener, lovely lanky Laura Legg. So Ann and Judith, I want you to say welcome to LLL. Are you ready? One, two, three. Welcome, welcome to LLL. Oh, there you go. Now we've been, Anne, I have to tell you, Anne is from South Africa, and I have to tell you that we've been taking up a GoFundMe campaign for over a year now to move her to London because she lives in Whitestone, Queens, New York, and it doesn't start with an L. So I want you all to contribute to <laughs> whether Laura wants to go or not. Laura is our most loyal listener, and that's why we always welcome her. Welcome to our listeners around the world. This is the first time we are live streaming this show onto Facebook. I started a Facebook page for Read My Lips Radio and very, very excited. I'm AKA Radio Red. Happy to be here. I have two wonderfully creative ladies as my special guest today. And the reason they're here is because I call them nonstop creatives. They are living the creative life. They have never stopped reinventing themselves. They've done so many things. Each of these ladies has packed a lifetime into small parts of her life and they're still going strong. So let me tell you a little bit about them and then I will ask them to embellish their bios a little bit. Anne Pratt will be speaking first. Anne grew up in an anti-apartheid family in South Africa. She started off just dabbling in ballet. At age three, she was getting standing ovations in a top ballet company. Hello, good dancer. And about 40 years later, she became a Harvard fellow. But she didn't just sit around doing nothing in between. She ran a top advertising agency before she was 30. She started a top executive search firm somewhere in there. She wrote poetry, and she'll have to explain this to us, to, for South Africa's captains of industry and cabinet ministers. And she became a Harvard fellow. So welcome to Ann Pratt. I met you at one of the publicity summits a couple months ago, and you said, I want to be on your show. I want to be on your show. And you kept saying it. And I said, okay. So here you are. We're very happy. And just speak for just a, just a second or so. Tell me a little bit about where in South Africa did you grow up? Hi, Red. Thank you for having me. It's Pleasure. really great to be with you. I, uh, I grew up in KwaZulu-Natal in Durban. I was actually born in Pretoria, grew up in KwaZulu-Natal, had most of my business career in Johannesburg, but also spent a lot of time in the mother city in Cape Town, uh, which was voted one of the best cities in the world. And what's it like? Where are you now? You're here? I am currently in America, I'm in Rhode Island and in the Ocean State. Nice to have you and wel welcome to our shores. There you go. We have a lot to talk to you about and with you about. Thank you for joining me, Anne. And Judith Fine waiting patiently up there in the upper left corner if you're watching us live streaming. Judith, well, she's done a little bit of everything. I love your bio, Judith, because when we talk about 
very, very, very famous people from other centuries. We have a list of everything they've done. So let me say what your list is. International travel and culture journalist. We'll find out what that means. She's an author, a speaker, a playwright, a screenwriter. I'm not done yet. A movie and theater critic, an opera librettist, a theater director, and a blogger on psychology today. And we're going to be talking about Judith's book, Life is a Trip. And I think I've said that many times myself. But for Judith, Life is a Trip, the transformative magic of travel. And Judith is a fabulous writer. Her her writing is just gorgeous. And as an author also, we'll talk a little bit about your book in a few minutes. So Judith, why don't you say hello and tell us where you are today? I speak to you from the mountains of Santa Fe, New Mexico, where it's 7,000 feet. So if you come here, make sure you keep breathing. <laughs> don't drink too much because one drink is equivalent to three at this altitude. And as we speak, it's snowing outside. That's where I am. That's where you are. One drink is equivalent to three. So you keep your alcohol budget very low, right? (laughs) We're cheap dates. I've been known to say that myself, half a glass of wine. I'm, you know, the happiest one in the party. What can I tell you? So ladies, I'm so happy to have you here. We're going to be talking about reinventing, but let's just get get something out of the way right away before we do the national holidays, uh-huh. in addition to MLK Day today, birthday today, in addition to some famous birthdays. Let's get it out of the way. Creativity and Pratt, what does that mean to you? you? To me, you've lived a creative life. You are living a creative life. You've reinvented yourself. What do those words mean to you? I'm going to put you on speaker view so we can all see you. Go ahead. Great. Great. Thank you for that. Um, I think for me, creativity is our ability to think outside the box, to challenge the status quo, to pioneer new and different ways. And uh, and that's played out for me in life, not only in the creative field per se, but also on the, you know, the life stage mm-hmm. of, of work, of social gatherings. Um, I, I think our ability to think differently and be different plays out on, on many stages. And, uh, and, and I think it just creates more joy in life. You know? I think so. Do you think creativity is the joy comes from creativity or the creativity comes from joy? Never asked anybody that exactly. What do you think? I think it's an iterative process. I think one feeds the other. And uh, certainly my, from my own experience, actually, I, I was chatting to my nephew on the weekend. He's a, a brilliant young pianist. And I, I asked Joshua, I said to him, Josh, you know, what, what does it feel like? And he said, playing, he was playing a Chopin piece. And he said, you know, I, I feel so happy. So I think it's, you know, within, and I, but I think it's iterative. I, I think the two feed each other. Thank you. Very interesting answer. I've never asked it quite that way. Judith, fine. I'm going to put you on speaker view, my dear. What do you think? Creativity, joy, reinvention. What's your take? Because you've done so much of that. Judith, talk to me. As you're asking me the question, I'm thinking about something that happened when I was four years old. All of the kids in the neighborhood, I grew up in Queens in New York, and all of the kids in the neighborhood were talking about what they wanted to be when they grew up. And someone said, I want to be an actress. And someone else said, you know, I want to, well, I guess movie stars the same category. I want to be a singer. And then they said, what do you want to be? And I said, I want to be a head in a glass jar with a mouth that works. So I think that kind of, that, that explains, if I was that at four years old, it's never changed. The mainstream is not interesting to me. I yawn through the mainstream. I want, I, it's the edges that interest me. And also, 
you know, what's going on out there? What about the people you don't hear from? I'm always interested in what's beyond the mainstream. But another thing is that it's, it's basically the way I understand the world. If I am not writing, reviewing, acting, creating, I'm dead. I can't process all that's going on in life without producing something from it. And it's a dance between me and the people who are in the audience. I love to get feedback from them. So it's a way of dancing. It's a way of making sense out of life because there's so much overwhelming information and stuff going on. But creativity allows me to organize it, formulate it, and make a life that's coherent. I, I, I'm rarely speechless, Judith Fine, but you, you stopped me at the edge. The edge is more interesting to me. Uh-huh. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. And I think you've pushed those boundaries, that envelope, that edge. You want to talk to, to something that Judith said, Anne? Anything resonate with you? I thought that was very interesting. What do you think? Well, I think, you know, I think what Judith says makes a, makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think, you know, finding being on the edge and living on the edge is part of what makes life more exciting. And, uh, and you know, that quite often there's a thin line between sanity and insanity. And, and, <laughs> and often, you know, what people define as being insane is just a kind of creative different way of seeing the world, experiencing life. Until people catch up and then they go, well, hang on, maybe maybe that's more more regular. But I think what what I've experienced in my life is is being able to to dance, to act, to write poetry. It's been a, a very powerful channel for me to express my emotions and my deep inner thoughts. And and often it's a really great way to connect and communicate with people uh, because it kind of gets us away from the serious sort of day-to-day regular speak, but it's it's a way of just connecting with people in a different way and having fun. And know? having and fun. Can I ask, sure. Anne, I have, I have a question for you, Anne. Go ahead. Do you ever, oh, also for you, Red, do you ever have the experience that when you're doing something in life that's really interesting, you're writing about it or you're speaking about it at the same time, your mind is both there, you're living it, your heart, your all parts of you, but also... You're also creating with it while it's happening. Do either of you have this experience ever? Uh-oh. Interesting. And go and go ahead. You you I'm I'm thinking, I'm formulating. And you want to respond first? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, you know, I I think that's I mean, I think I think life is a play and I, I think we're on a stage. And and I think very often we're kind of in the moment and creating as we go along. We kind of make it up as we go along. You know, and sometimes we fall off the edge and sometimes we fall mm. over the edge. But, you know, we <laughs> pick ourselves up, get back on and, you know, I, yeah. Keep, keep but I, on. I think you agree. It's part of what oh, keeps good. it really fun. In- interesting. And I'm going to thank you, Anne. I'm going to respond, Judith. I became a drummer two years ago. Out of the blue, I decided to take drum lessons. I don't know why. And I found a place that gave me a free 30-minute lesson, and I signed up on the spot. And six weeks later, I was playing with a, an adult band. from It's a school of rock here in Durham. I was playing on stage at Motorco, which oh. is a conference concert place. Everybody stands like a pit. All the, Everybody stands. They have some bleachers on the side. And it was mostly kids' bands, but there were a couple of adult bands. I'm on the stage 
doing Aerosmith's Dream On, <laughs> playing with a band with six people. And I'm bamming away. And I sort of knew what I was doing. It was one of the most exhilarating experiences of my uh-huh. life. But then I started playing live in open mic nights at taverns. And the reason I'm telling you this is because as I'm drumming to songs, I pick the songs when you go to open mic, you bring a couple songs and, and people just come up and start accompanying you guitars, uh, singers. Uh, we don't usually have woodwind instruments, but guitars, singers, bass players, and I'm on the drums and I'm doing my thing. And as I'm playing, I'm inventing my interpretation of the song. I don't play by notes or by sheet music. I play what I hear, what I think. And so as I'm creating Judith, as I'm creating, I'm living that creative process yeah, that's great. and thinking about it. And it's, it's a dynamic process that is really a lot of Fun. And that's, but I started, started the drums because I call it brain training because your brain has to tell your hands what to do. Your right hand, your left hand, your right foot, your left hand, left foot. You're listening to music. You're thinking about what you want to play, what you're supposed to play. What is it going to sound like? What's the combination? Are you keeping the beat? Are you creating the beat? There's so much training that goes on. And two years later, I'm still very much learning my part in playing drums. So anyway, that's just a long-winded answer. But thank you for that question, Judith. I appreciate that. Creativity fascinates me because I, I some people say, oh, I'm creative. I have I have Wheaties five days a week and I have oatmeal on the weekends and I'm a creative breakfast person. I say, I don't think that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I say that to Steve Harrison at the summit these days. People have, if Steve changes his breakfast cereal, that doesn't mean, I mean, Steve is creative, but that's besides the point. Let's talk a little bit, Anne, about your book, I do have the cover here, Mandela's Leadership Blueprint, Develop Nine Multiple Intelligences, Fortify Your Moral Courage, and Heal Our Deep Divides. I think I actually pronounced that all right. And you want to briefly just tell us what that is all about and, and when you wrote it and how long it took, and just to take about two, three minutes and tell us a little bit about it. Well, Red, uh, you know, before I go into that, I'd like to just comment on your drumming, because yes. drumming is a big part of, of uh, it's an African tradition. And uh, in fact, it's really interesting how drumming has been used to kind of build teams and get a kind of collective rhythm going. And, uh, you know, part of coming from Africa and sharing the the beat and dance of, of our African culture um, is, is a big part of sharing the Mandela leadership wisdom with the world. And uh, I'm, I'm still busy writing the book. It's going to mm. be launched this year. Okay. Um, I really think 2021 is a Mandela moment in the world. And, uh, and I think, you know, where we are in the world right now is that it's really calling us out to think differently, to be different and to lead differently. And I think that's part of creativity and, and, um, you know, I had the great, amazing experience of meeting Nelson Mandela. Um, I got to work with his board and foundation to place his chief executive. But we really lived through a South African experience of how Mandela, you know, he went from being freedom fighter to liberator, from being feared to being revered, and prisoner to president. And creativity was a big part of Mandela's life. You know, he... He read poetry in prison. He, he read the, the poem Invictus, which really fortified his sense of moral courage. And, uh, and uh, you know, he loved to dance. He, but he really brought creativity into leadership. And, uh, and he shared that creativity and his creative self with the world. 
And I think, you know, right now we, we need some creative thinking and some creative way of living. And I think Mandela gives us a blueprint. So that's, that's why I'm doing the work. I think it's, uh, and I think the world would be a lot better off if we embrace more of those creative moments. Um, very, very interesting approach. And I was intrigued by how you took the synthesis, you synthesized who he was, what he did into the title. I like the word blueprint and I like the subtitle. But before I go to Judith, we're going to talk about her book in a second. And you say in your bio that you have written poetry for South Africa's captains of industry and cabinet ministers. Can you tell me a little more, please? I was intrigued by that. Yeah, sure, Red. Um, again, you know, taking a leaf out of Mandela's book. But, you know, when South Africa won the World Cup in 1995, um, it really was a a miracle moment for South Africa and for the world. And uh, I was so moved by that experience. And it's really how Mandela um, embraced the South African rugby team, the Springboks, and uh, how he worked with the captain and the team and really changed the hearts and minds of a nation. And uh, he, he once said that sport was more powerful than politics to, to win mm. over the hearts and minds of a nation. And, and I think living through that, I was so moved by it. And uh, I wrote a poem, um, which was really about how Mandela did that. And the poem was called A Leader, A Birth and a New Nation. And uh, we then shared that with, with captains of industry, with ministers, and we, we printed it, we produced it, we sent it out for people to put up on their walls, but it was such a proud moment for all of us. And and I think people just really enjoyed the lyric, you know, the lyrics, what it represented. But for me personally, it was just a really fun way of capturing this moment mm-hmm. and, and sharing it with people in a way that they related to. Um, Thank you, Anne. Very, very, very interesting. I wrote some poetry my mom did back in the day, and we wrote just for fun, long poems, short poems. I have a whole book somewhere of, of her poems, and I printed them up and shared them with the family. We never, never printed them. Judith, I want yes. to talk a little bit about your transformation from Hollywood screenwriter. May I read just a, the first paragraph in the beginning of your book? I was so intrigued. May I have the honor of reading that, Judith? Read. Green light, Red. I think she's about <laughs> whatever, to say yes. Whatever <laughs> Thank you, dear. you whatever Thank you, you dear. She says, for more than 12 years, I was a Hollywood screenwriter. By day, I spun tales of love, broken hearts, tragedy, triumph, and teen angst. I puttered around in a nightgown and brown fuzzy slippers that looked like bear claws. By night, I often went to screenings and swanky dinners, and my life was a swirl of pitching stories, drinking cocktails, taking meetings, negotiating contracts, and observing people so I could transform them into characters. Sounds glam, right? In fact, my experience was that it was a cutthroat, cruel, crazy biz designed to make a writer quake with insecurity and angst, and I felt as though my soul were being sucked out of me by an industrial vacuum cleaner. Did I really write that? You, damn, you did. <laughs> and was, like, good. Damn, was hey, that powerful, truth. right? It's, it's the truth. <laughs> How did I do on the reading, Judith? Was that I was okay? just going to say, my next book, would you do the audio book for me? I would be honored. I've been trying to do audio books for years. I would love to do your audio Okay, book. there we go. Deal. <laughs> I would absolutely. So talk to me about that. And then the phone call that came from your sister uh, and, and your transformation into a travel journalist. Tell us the story. Judith, I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead. 
Let me just tell you this thing that happened. I was giving a talk some years ago to an audience of high school students and, and they all were so enamored with Hollywood and stars. And I said, you know what? I'm just gonna tell the truth about what it's really like to work there, to work in the studio system. And when I finished, I said, you know, I hope that you find alternative things to do with your life because this is not what a kind, creative, open-hearted person should be doing. Are there any questions? Every question was, would you read my script? Can you get it to a producer? Can you help? That's the story. That what people think life is like is not what it's like. So my Hollywood, look, I learned how to tell stories. And I do never regret anything that I've done. But it was very, very grueling. And I decided, you know what? I was the flavor of the month. There's a flavor of the month in Hollywood when you're the hot thing. <laughs> you're the hot tamale, the cool banana, you know, whatever it is. And then, and then you suffer, right? So I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't try to get anyone's attention. I can't, I just, I can't do it. And I just stopped. And then I panicked and I said, what am I going to do with my life? You know, am I going to learn how to play bingo or something like that? What am I going to do? I couldn't imagine. Uh, what am I going to do? Macrame and, plant holders, Judith. <laughs> like, oh, okay. First, I have to know how to grow plants. So I checked into a monastery in Arizona and I went up to the mother superior and I said, do you mind if I do a silent retreat? She said, well, dear, we don't usually do that, but why not? Why don't you do a silent retreat, dear? Well, over the next week, I did it for a week. I got into a food fight with a nun an all-out food fight. I got arrested on a dark road because I wouldn't speak to a cop. I had crazy adventures. Then I came home and I still didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So I got a call from my sister and she said, you know what? There is a new show on public radio, on a national public radio show. And she said, it's about travel. You've been traveling all your life. Why don't you just record something and see if they're interested? And I said, no one will be interested. It's impossible to get a national audience on radio. But we had a little recording studio because my husband and I did voiceovers sometimes. I went into the studio and I recorded exactly what happened when I was in this monastery. And I sent it in to the savvy traveler. And four days later, they made me a regular on the show. That's how I got started. Reinvention. Bing, bing. Reinvention. Wow. Now, I do want to cover the first story in your book in a few minutes, but we have some some things to do here. Your first chapter is His Way or the Highway on the Road with the Maori Elder. This is a and you're not going to believe what, what she and her husband, where they went and what they did. So, Judith, let's save that. But I want to do a couple of things now because it's time. I wish I, Josh, I wish we had special music you could play because it's time for da, 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 National Holidays of the Week. So I know LLL, lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most of our listener is listening. Laura, I don't know if she's, if she's watching us on Facebook Live. I'll have to check with her. She, by the way, Laura, after each show, emails me. What she took away from each of my guests and how much she enjoyed the show. How wonderful. Is that special? She's been doing it for years. And the tradition started when my cousin, Freddie, my dad's cousin, Freddie, spelled P-H-R-E-D-D-I-E in his 90s in California, used to listen to the show on the Internet years ago and email me every every Monday night. I've been doing this a long time. 
about how much he enjoyed the show. Then when Freddie passed away, my mom, who was also in her 90s and then in her 90s, she would call me on the phone because we were both in New York at 8.01 p.m. every Monday night. And she'd tell me she liked this, she liked that, she took away this. And then my mother passed and Laura, without knowing any of this history, took up the mantle of being the quote unquote reviewer or the recounter. So it just has happened in my life that I've had these I'm going to cry. These one, my son always says, it'll take mom about three minutes. Yeah. Oh, there she is. She's crying. Yeah. Okay. Well, it took me longer this. So <laughs> today, of course, is Martin Luther King celebrating the birthday. As I told you, he was born on January 15th, but we are celebrating it today. It's a national holiday. Uh, he was born January 15th, 1929, federal holiday in the U.S., Martin Luther King Jr. Now, it's also National Blue Monday, and I don't know if that means... Blue is in sad or depressed. Blue is in blue comedy. Blue is in wear something blue with Judith Fine is doing. So let's skip that one. But it's National Thesaurus Day. Now I don't have any words for it's it's synonym day. It's it's language day. It's think of something else that means the same thing day. Judith, have you ever thought of celebrating Thesaurus Day? Have you ever heard of it? Seriously. No, but I think that when you're traveling in a foreign country, you are always celebrating National Thesaurus Day because you will say something, let's say in English, to somebody who speaks Albanian, and you have to find another way to say it. So you become a living thesaurus when you're traveling. Is it interesting? And your thoughts on Thesaurus Day? Well, I think it's a, it's a great celebration because, you know, <laughs> when you're writing, just being able to tap into something where you can come up with. With alternatives, but um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we're traveling to Judith's point, you know. So often, we you know, we have interesting times traveling in different countries, you know, trying to speak other languages, and uh, but yeah, it's it's a good day to celebrate. It's a concept that was waiting for a holiday. Aren't you glad I found it in my list of holidays? It's also Winnie the Pooh Day, so Pooh Corner, happy day. Now, tomorrow. Got to break it to you, ladies. I don't know if you're ready, but you can get ready very quickly. Is National Popcorn Day? Anne, are you ready for National Pop? Does that mean anything in your life? You know, it, it kind of reminds me that I should be back in the movie theater, but um, I, I, I guess that's not going to happen for a while. But you know, do you know that our theaters here? We have an AMC theater in Durham, beautiful theater, and they are offering you can rent the theater. I think for a hundred bucks and invite people who will buy tickets at half price and socially distance the seats. They started offering that a couple months ago. Actually, I haven't. I don't know that many people, but actually. <laughs> I saw okay. that advertised in Providence in Rhode Island a couple Did of days you? ago. Did you? Same thing, yeah. Same thing. You can book it out and do a socially distant popcorn movie occasion. There you go. Judith, popcorn day. What do you think? You're going to be celebrating tomorrow? Well, I will celebrate by <laughs> celebrating that I think everybody is like a popcorn kernel. There you are. You're born a kernel. And when you start being creative and you stop being afraid, you pop. So I will celebrate it by thinking how we all are little or big popcorns. I like that. And by the way, my, my version of what we're talking about creativity is that our lives are like a quilt. Your quilt is different, Anne, from Judith's, from mine. And every chapter, everything you do adds a square, sews a square with different colors and different fabrics and different textures. And when you look at your life, we're still adding every day to that quote. Just that's my metaphor. I came up with it years ago and remind me to tell you a story about my dad's ties in the quilt later, but I want to move on here. So Wednesday, which is also 
Inauguration Day in a very guarded, protected way this year is national. I hate to do this, but it's National Cheese Lovers Day. It's National DJ Day. And to top it all off, Wednesday, January 20th is National Penguin Day. And anything you want to say about any of those, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I think that uh, we hope that the bands are playing well on Wednesday for, for you know, our inauguration. Um, but penguins take me back to Penguin Beach in Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah. And uh, it's just a wonderful spot. And I think penguins have their own kind of uniqueness. They're just so, oh, I, I just love them. And They're uh, always dressed up, Anne. They're always. They are. Very they formal. Are. Judith, DJ, Judith, DJ Day, Cheese Lovers Day, Penguin Day. What are you going to be celebrating on Wednesday besides the national event? Okay, on Cheese Day. I will celebrate being lactose intolerant. That's Ooh. It. That okay. che- cheese is one of the great joys of life. But if you're lactose intolerant, intolerant, it's one of the bad things you can eat in life. So there it is, something you love that's not necessarily good for you. But there luckily, go. it's good for a lot of other people. I'm sorry. And I just made two cheese quiches with broccoli oh, and Vidalia no. onions <laughs> loaded with a couple of cheese. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't invite you for dinner, Judith. Good. Thursday is National Museum Selfie Day. I can't even imagine where they came <laughs> up with that. But if that doesn't get you, it, there's so many things happening on Thursday besides the day after Inauguration Day. It's Banana Bread Day. It's Hugging Day. And it's, wait for it. Squirrel Appreciation Day. Judith is actually writing this down. I can email these to you. And Squirrel Appreciation Day, Hugging Banana Bread Day, and Museum Selfie. Any of that, anything in that list make you want to jump up and down and celebrate, Anne? Well, I think they need a, a <laughs> humongous museum to, to get all the selfies into them in the world. It's like, <laughs> it's like we've become selfie, you know, um, what's the word? Obsessed almost. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, somebody said to me the other day during these COVID times that a lot of people have moved out from Boston, you know, kind of rat-infested Boston to squirrel-infested Rhode Island. So, <laughs> so you know, yeah, I, uh, I, I have the joy of seeing squirrels often. It's uh, Interesting. I well, we didn't rehearse this, so I have so you can appreciate squirrels, sort of maybe. Uh, Judith, Museum Selfie Day, Banana Bread Day, Hugging Day, and Squirrel Appreciation. Where are you going to be putting your celebratory energies? I think I'm going to do hugging aerobics because since you can't really hug anybody in real life, so you spread out your arms, and I'm going to do hugging aerobics, like pretending I'm hugging all the people in the world that I would like to hug physically like and getting some exercise out of it. I like that. When I go for a massage at the spa every couple of weeks, my therapist and I, when we're done, we meet in the hall. We wear masks the whole time. We wear masks. They don't allow you to go into the jacuzzi. It's closed. The dressing rooms are closed. The locker room is closed. You go in and you change in whatever you're not going to wear under the sheets in a private room. Leave your clothes there. She comes in masks. You wash her hands. It's very, very safe. It took a while for me to trust it, but it did. But when we hug, we hug with our elbows at the end. I say, thank you. I hand her her tip <laughs> and we hug with our elbows like this. So it's not the same. I, I understand, Judith. Now, Friday, this one, I don't know, ladies. It's National Answer Your Cat's Questions Day. 
But if that doesn't get you, it's Blonde Brownie Day. You know the blonde brownies? Blonde blondies, no. they call them. It's uh, it's a light-colored brownie that's not made with chocolate. It's a different kind of brownie. It's called, uh, called blondies, Judith. You can buy them blondies. in some. Blondies. Okay. Blondies. Anne, anything of that? You have a cat? You're going to answer your cat's questions, or should we skip that one? Yeah, actually, I do have a cat. <laughs> and I want to tell you, the cat doesn't like the, the answers I give. So. <laughs> In fact, invariably, the cat answers me back. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I didn't know that. Judith, this one may be for you. Saturday is National Handwriting Day and Pie Day. What do you think, Judith? Pie as in P-I or P-I-E? P-I-E. Pie Day? Pie Day. As in apple pie, but not with the cheese on top. Okay. Is it bad (laughs) if I have on Pie Day a fantasy about throwing the pie in the face of somebody who's been horrible, would that be something appropriate? I think you can celebrate any way you want. Do you want to name that person for the world to hear? Oh, no, never, never. But in my mind, I will be throwing a pie on National Pie Day to somebody who really, really deserves it. So if you are out there listening or watching. They know who they and are. And you know if you're going to get a pie on that day. That's they it. know who they are. But it's National Handwriting Day too. Does anybody handwrite anymore? Are you are you you and do you pick up a pen from time to time? I do. I love writing. You do. Judith, do you write by hand anymore? Or I computer? never ever leave my house or go anywhere without a little pad and a pen and I am constantly taking notes. Very interesting. And one more holiday, ladies, and thank you for playing along. One more Sunday, January 24th is National Macintosh Computer Day. That's an honor of me. I've been a Mac customer since 1988, and my first Mac plus a black and white printer plus some insurance cost $11,000. 1988. I wanted to be a graphic designer, and my parents said they'll help me buy my first Mac. Don't even ask. And I I ask that question at the Apple store from time to time, and they have no idea because they're all too young. It's also beer can appreciation day and when you're busy doing your cat's questions on friday by sunday you could have beer can i don't know if you drink beer it's compliment day compliment with an i it's green juice day and save the world it's peanut butter day so do you say we celebrate peanut butter day or beer can appreciation or mac or compliment green juice any of those for you ann pratt well mac's an interesting one because i remember um, in our business, we we um, had our offices in an office center, and a very good friend who was a director for Mac in South Africa said, you should switch to Mac. And I uh, said, Arja, I'm not sure about that. And he said, I'll give you a free trial because once you've done that, you'll never switch no back. Gosh. And that's true. <laughs> so, you, you know, Mac has its own uh, compelling reasons for, for staying loyal um, Absolutely. I'm waiting for my gold watch. Judith, are you a Mac fan? I have to tell you that I'm more than a Mac fan. Ooh. My, the book that I wrote during the pandemic, I wrote with one finger on an iPhone, and it's 87,000 words. And I wrote the entire book. I did not have my laptop with me, one fi- this finger, and I wrote it, pecking it out on my iPhone, and it's an 87,000 word book. Um, on your iPhone with one finger. On my iPhone with one finger. How long did that process take you? I, I'm I did it three hours a night. I was in Mexico and three hours every night when every other person was sleeping, I was sitting up recording everything we were experiencing and learning because it was, you talk about the edge, it was absolutely fascinating and I needed to get it down. So peck, 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 peck. 
And did you email it to yourself? Did you save it in a document on the phone? How did you how did you preserve what you were typing, Judith? Every night after writing for three hours, I sent it as an email to friends who are always saying, keep me in the loop, keep in contact. So I sent out the emails. And now I just finished writing the book. Emails from Mexico to you. So it was like a journal. Very. It was was like a journal. So thank you, Mac. Thank you, Apple and my iPhone. That's it. Yeah. Very creative. I had a, a lady who was in one of my blogging classes. I used to teach a lot of adult ed when I was in Great Neck. I taught how to sell and buy on eBay, and I taught online dating a couple times, but eBay was my big claim to fame. And uh, I, I started a blogging class, and a woman came in, and she was writing a bunch of essays and chapters, and she was blogging. And I said to her, why don't you turn your blog entries into a book? Huh? And she hmm. thought about it, and she did. And I believe the name of the book is Raging Against Aging. It's Jacqueline Becker. And it's she's got a sassy, wicked sense of humor. And it and yes, and it was just such a great idea. But I said, you've written the chapters, basically. Turn it into a book. Just compile it and put a beginning and an end. And, and she did. And she, she did a great job with it. So let's see. We're done with our holidays. Thank you, ladies, for playing along with National Holiday Day. And let's go to the famous birthdays. And then we're going to go back to Judith. We're going to talk about the Maori elder and the campers because we've got to share that. I think Anne's going to get a kick out of that one. So Cary Grant was born today, died in 1986, but certainly an icon in early American film, a real heartthrob and a real leading man in the age when leading men were leading men, right? And he certainly (laughs) made his mark on film. And then Bobby Goldsboro was born. I think he wrote a song about uh, something about a clown, not not Kathy's clown, that was the Everly Brothers. Anyway, Bobby Goldsboro, American singer, songwriter, guitarist and producer, 1941, still alive. Happy birthday, Bobby Goldsboro. Kevin Costner, who doesn't know Kevin? Costner, a little bit iconic, a little bit controversial about his politics, actor, director, producer. Mark Rylance was born today in 1960, actor, director, and playwright. Mark Messier, Canadian ice hockey player. I just picked names I recognize. Coach and sportscaster. Dave Batista. Either one of you know who Dave Batista is? Recognize the name? Well, I didn't recognize the name, but something Something just bothered me about the name. There's a comedy where the guy is a spy and a little girl notices that he's got a woman in an apartment down the hall from her and something crazy is going on. And she figures out he is a he's a spy and they're keeping this woman sequestered. And the little girl says, I won't tell if you teach me how to be a spy. And she learns how to stare and how to do poker face and all that. Dave Batista is a rife a wrestler, martial arts, and actor. And he starred in the 2020 comedy film My Spy. And it, it's on TV mm-hmm. and it's actually very cute. So that's Batista, big hairy guy. And he was adorable in the movie. And Jason Siegel, who played Marshall Erickson in How I Met Your Mother, as well as many movies. Uh and it, did you either one of you watch How I Met Your Mother? It was on for nine no. years. Oh, I I actually got hooked on that one. So Jason Siegel Happy, happy birthday. So that's it. So Judith, let's talk about the Maori elder and the camping trip and the campers that broke down and the crazy people. And go ahead, talk to me. Well, I was invited to go along with a Maori family from New Zealand. It's the indigenous people of New Zealand. And they were going to Europe to track their roots, their ancestral roots. And there were three broken down camper vans that we went in. And there were kids that were vomiting. There were people that were fighting. There were adults. There were people who were related who didn't like who they were related to. 
it was a very, I think there were 23 of us, something like that, about 23 people. So we set off in these three camper vans looking for routes. And I am telling you, I didn't know which van to sit in because everybody's arguing with everybody else. Everybody's <laughs> hating everybody else. And all of a sudden, there was a Maori elder whom I love. He's since deceased. His name is John Wilson. And all of a sudden, the van I'm in, John says, stop the van, stop the van. So everybody listens to him. The vans stop. And he said, now get out. And everybody looks like, what do you mean get out? So everybody gets out of these vans. And where do we stop? It was in the middle of a freeway. It was an island in the middle of the freeway with cars whizzing by. And John says, he addresses the fact that there's so much arguing and fighting going on. And do you know how he addressed it? He started to sing. You'll like this. He started to sing. And he was singing a New Zealand song. And then someone else joined in and started singing with him. And then another person joined in. And soon all of these people who wanted to throttle each other, you know how family goes, they were suddenly all singing. It completely changed the energy. People were putting their arms around each other. They were singing. And that was the end of the family drama. And it was pretty dramatic to witness and pretty wonderful. A very creative solution to a situation everybody's probably been in. Very, very interesting. And you were in it to the extreme. You and your husband, I believe your husband's name is Paul. Is that correct? Paul, that's correct. Yeah. You and Paul couldn't deal with sleeping in these campers with bodies strewn all over each other. Yeah. So you you went to a hotel. But it sounds like a very interesting, and, and John Wilson had a wool cap on, am I right? And he used to, very, very formal guy. Yeah, it's but- a kind of, I think you call it a Thomas Shand, something like that. He was an extraordinary man. He And uh, I learned so much from him. We learned about Maori oratory. We learned every Maori person we met could recite their ancestry. They knew which canoe their ancestors came over on a thousand years ago. Red, that's why I travel. It's learning every second all the time about different ways to approach Mm -hmm. life, different ways to live, to think, to be. Now, Judith, you make the difference. You decide the difference or determine the difference between a tourist and a traveler. You say the difference between being a tourist and traveler is a traveler is open to unplanned experience and doesn't have her nose stuck in a guidebook tracking down famous sites. She ventures out from behind glass windows in hotels and touring buses and meets people she connects. I want to ask Anne. Anne, can you relate to that? What's your thought about the creative aspects, the unknown boundaries, sh- uh, the shackles are off, basically, open to experiences, and Judith has certainly had hers. And what's your thought about being that kind of a traveler? I, I think that's right on the right on the button. I, I used to say to people, you know, I went to university and then I went to the University of Life, uh-huh. which was uh, traveling around the, the world. And uh, I remember once being in China, and, uh, you know, walking through the neighborhoods and all of a sudden there was this loud crack and, you know, kind of at that time in South Africa, you know, when a shot went off or sounded like a shot, you know, we sort of stopped in our tracks and thought, oh, my goodness, is that a gunshot? And uh, interestingly, it was a little Chinese family on the edge of the, the curb making popcorn. Uh. And it was their popcorn <laughs> maker that <laughs> these loud pops, you know, and, uh it, I mean, it's just a, it's a very different way of experiencing the world. And um, 
You know, I think when there's this, I mean, you know, they're the typical sort of sites that you get to hear about and you feel you should go and visit. But but really the learning and the experience and the interactions, some of my favorite moments have been just, you know, kind of traveling through the streets, being very kind of fluid about where you land up. And, you know, it's just been wonderful. And uh, I've traveled a lot. I've traveled to all all continents and uh and some of the happiest times have just been landing up in places one didn't expect and with people yes. you didn't expect. You know? Yes. And and it's bringing back a memory, ladies, of when my daughter spent the summer studying in Aix-en-Provence and I wanted to go to Paris and we planned to meet. So I flew over and she took, I, it was before my real fear of flying started. Uh, I flew over on one of those fancy schmancy, it was a, uh, it was a type of first class in the forward part of, I think, a 737 where it was, you know, just a couple of seats and they served you a fancy dinner. We were stuck on the tarmac in JFK for three hours in a horrendous rainstorm and I didn't panic. I think I let them give me some wine and we flew over and my daughter came in by train and I said to her, you're the tour guide because she was more fluent in French at that point. She'd been living immersed in French culture for two months in Aix-en-Provence and I said, I'm the banker and, and you're the tour guide. So we set off every day. We went everywhere. We walked for miles and miles and miles. Yes, we did have a little guidebook, but we didn't care when we got where we were going. And every night we went to a local grocery store and I had rented a hotel room on the third floor of a hotel where only the third floor had air conditioning. I got the last room. We walked up three floors. I got to tell you, it was about 100 degrees out. But first, we went to the local grocery store and bought baguettes and cheese. Sorry, Judith, you couldn't join us. Um, and and we bought whatever. We bought uh, tabule and whatever we found in the supermarket. And we laid out towels on the floor. And we watched the French language news. And then we filled a bathtub with cold water and we soaked our feet, which were burning from walking for miles. We took trains, we took buses, we walked, we did it like we were just exploring the city. We didn't take a formal tour. So Judith, that qualifies as a, a traveler versus as a, a tourist. A real traveler. Yeah. Yeah. That but was you know, good. But it's an attitude in life yeah. that either you go through your own life as a tourist you know, very cautiously pre-planning everything, making sure everything is just right, <laughs> making sure you do exactly what you're supposed to do. Or you go through life as a traveler. You show up every day. It's an adventure. And it doesn't matter if it's during the pandemic or it's during no pandemic. It's an attitude. And it sounds like you both, like Anne, you have it, Red, you have it, that just hello life. You show up and you react to whatever happens in your life. And I think everything I write about, everything I talk about is always that, just encouraging people to become travelers in their own life, to take the risk because something will always happen that will always make a story. It's a creative interaction with your own life. It is very well put. And, and the title I gave to this episode, as I've said a couple of times, is Reinventing Yourself. Never stop reinventing. Don't you think, Anne, that your travels have reinvented you? You went from a young ballet dancer. You wrote poetry for captains of state and industry. You've opened agencies, advertising and, and executive search. Uh, you're, you're constantly finding things. Is it because you found things you were curious about that you wanted to do that somebody said, hey, Ann Pratt, you should be the owner of an advertising agency? How did, give me a clue. We have a few minutes left. How did those things come into your life or did you just go 
run across them just by happenstance? And talk to me. Well, I think, you know, it's an interesting question, Red. I mean, I think for me it was just, I, I think I grew up with, with an amazing mother who really encouraged me to be very adventurous and to be open to life. And, you know, yes, there were goals. Yes, there were visions. But, you know, the journey along the way was kind of keep the spontaneity, keep the sense of adventure. And, uh, and you know, sometimes I landed up in things I didn't think I was going to land up in. But, you know, looking backwards, I thought, okay, you know, that added an important piece. Um, I think the other thing is being adopted and coming from a multicultural background where I I was adopted into a British, South African, Scottish family and then mm. met my birth family who were Portuguese, Greek father, married mm. to a black Zambian woman. You know, so I think I'm a bit of a mongrel. <laughs> and uh, and I think, you know, when you kind of come with that, it just kind of keeps you more open and adventurous and exploring. And uh, life for me is a lot more fun that way. I think so, too. Judith, what are your thoughts about life being more fun by seizing opportunities, carpe diem, taking chances, going where the flow goes, figuring stuff out as you go along rather than following a program? Judith, what do you think? Well, I think there is living and there's dying in life. Dying, mm. dying in life is when you're basically not there. You're just passing through. And you don't want to be dying in your own life. You want to be living your own life. Living is just showing up. That's it. That's all you have to do. You don't even have to get dressed during the pandemic. It could be in your bathrobe. But whatever happens, <laughs> you stop and you engage with it. If you're on the phone with a service call because your computer isn't working, or you're having trouble with the, the electricity in your house, get on the phone and whoever it is who's talking to you is probably coming from another country right now. <laughs> Interact with the person, find out something, learn something. So to me, if you want to really be alive, all you have to do is really just engage with whatever you were doing at that moment and consider it. My big secret is your life is a series of adventures. An adventure doesn't have to be going halfway around the world. An adventure can be, as I said, a conversation with a service person on the phone who really says something interesting and you start talking about it. It's a human. It's not a robot you're talking to. So that's my feeling about everything. <laughs> I do, Judith. I do. When I'm talking to Ooh, a computer person, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I can't, can't hear me? Anne, can you hear me? I can. Okay, Judith, you've got to reconnect your audio, whatever happened to you. I was just going to say that I do talk to service people. Judith, you can't hear us? No? Judith, fix your fix your microphone. Judith, fix fix your mic. Your mic. Hold on. Let me just type. To, I'll talk to Anne because we're almost out of time. Your mic like you did before the show. Something happened with her mic. Okay. I don't know if she can hear us at all. Anne, uh, Judith? Just wave your hands when you could. So, and uh, fascinating. Thank you so much. I can't, Judith can't, yes, Judith can't hear us. Still can't hear us, Judith? I think her mic came unplugged. And you can hear me, so we're going to have to finish finish the show. So I wish Judith could hear me. Judith, no? No, no, no? Nope, she can't hear. Okay, I'm going to thank Judith Fine. You've been an absolutely wonderful guest. And Anne, let's go through. We have uh, five more minutes. That's a lot of time. Let's hope Judith can get let me type a note to judith judith uh ask paul paul to i think paul helped 
help with your mic. Oh, dear. All right. Well, I don't want to ruin the end of the show. So, and talk to me about what are your plans for the book? When are you launching it? Uh, when is it going to be done? Yeah, Red. Actually, I um, I sent out um, an audio today, uh, a twenty twenty one message. Um, the, I've got a planned launch for for this year. Um, I've also just launched a Mandela Global Leadership Movement for Change, mm. and really inviting people to share their Mandela moment. You know how Mandela inspired them in their lives, and again, that's a creative process that's different for different people around the world and getting people to share those stories. So we spread the Mandela leadership magic around the world. And, uh, you know, quite often it's unexpected. We never know when these moments will inspire us or when our moments will inspire somebody else. And uh, that's all happening this year. So we're launching a, a global podcast. We've got the book coming out. And then we've got a Mandela leadership challenge. So sharing people's moments of inspiration. Very, very exciting. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say to Judith, Judith, just talk and tell us your plans for the next book. Okay, Judith, talk, talk. Judith, go ahead. Judith, is she reading? She's not reading. Judith, talk now. Tell us your plans. No, she's not getting it. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm just going to go through my closing and I want to thank my engineer, Josh Randell, so much for this. We've got yes. about two and a half minutes. Oh, Judith, we can hear yes. you. Uh, Red, I'm here. Suddenly, see, I was talking about an adventure. We just had an adventure. We're on a live Zoom and there's no sound. I can't hear a thing. Can you hear us now? I can hear you perfectly. Okay, good. So give me a quick summary. What are you going to be doing? What's the next book? What's the next adventure? Go ahead. So my ad ad adventure, we figured out a way to travel when you're not allowed to go anywhere. Every day, I put my finger on the map, someplace within a couple hour drive maximum, and we head there. We research nothing, we know nothing in advance. We have been having fabulous, astounding adventures all during the pandemic. And then we come at night, we come back to our hotel, which is our house. So we have mints on the pillow and we are traveling. <laughs> I love it. Ladies, I want to read a couple things to you. I usually do these. I, I found my notes from radio shows many years ago. By the way, I, I can't thank the two of you enough. You've been lovely guests, very forthcoming, very open, very the real deal. Authentic is an overused word, but that's who you are. You're both very bright ladies, shining stars in my world as far as I'm concerned. I'm so glad I met both of you. I feel very privileged to be able to share your stories with my listeners. So let me read a couple things that I used to close the show with, and I think you'll get a kick out of this. One is words to live by. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Right, Judith? Yes. Kiss kiss slowly. My best very, kind. Very love, love truly. Laugh uncontrollably and never regret anything that made you smile. That's number one. I used to close other shows with work like you don't need the money. You've heard this one. Dance like no one's watching. Sing like nobody's listening. And love like you've never been hurt. But damn, haven't we all? Money talks, chocolate sings. And last but not least, thank you for turning me on. <laughs> I borrowed that last line from a radio host I heard one day. And then sometimes I used to read the lines, the first lines from the song by Leanne Womack. I hope you dance. Let me read those. I'll dedicate this to the two of you. I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean. 
whenever one door closes, I hope one more opens. Promise me you'll give faith a fighting chance. And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. So Radio Red signing off. Thank you, Josh, for being our engineer. Thank you, LLL, for always listening. Ann Pratt, so honored to have you with us today. Thank you so much for, for your- Thank you, Red. Thank you for doing what you do in the world. Judith Fine, you are a star lady. You are a shining star. You are just full of energy. And I hope you'll both come back later in the year. Red, I want to thank, thank you. you for giving me the opportunity. Don't <laughs> go you. away. We're going to stay on. I'm going to say bye-bye. Josh is telling us we have 30 seconds. So ladies, wave goodbye. Bye from Radio Red. Read my lips. Cool conversations with creators. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week. Listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance. The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or